Backstage here at the Defiant Ones, we have one half of the Midnight Heat. Rock God Ricky Gibson, man, I never thought I'd get you to sit down one-on-one uh, without Eddie Pearl, but I have you here. Gonna you know, ask for the you right some... price, you can make anything happen. That's true. So, you have been on one hell of a streak this past year um, since you know the lockdown and we came back, and you guys have just been killing it and um you know you you had a faction with chris daniels and then you turned your back on christopher daniels Mm -hmm. what's going on with the midnight heat man how are you feeling you know i got some advice uh from a from a very good friend of mine that says you position yourself to be the most successful that you can and eddie and i go way back uh, I'm the reason that he is in wrestling. Uh, he's the reason that I stay in wrestling. We're great for each other, and we look out for each other. What it comes down to is there's going to be people that get you to the top or get you to the next level. you got to do whatever it takes to get there. Yeah. No, no shame in saying that. No, no hiding that. But eventually, people can only get you so far. And you can't just keep relying on someone that, that got you here when you want to be here. So, you know, if Christopher Daniels can get us here <laughs> and then Kevin Sullivan can get us here, yeah. why would we stay with Daniels? Like he's there's there's no more, there's no there's no symbiotic relationship anymore. He's using us and we're not getting anything out of him. You know, Eddie and I are going to be there for each other no matter what. Uh, and Kevin's going to be there for us no matter what. But, you know, when you get to that level, you got to you got to keep going. You don't want to stay stagnant. You don't want to be, you know, you don't want to settle for mediocrity. You know, we're always improving. The Midnight Heat, you guys leveled up big time when you en- en- enlisted the the help of Kevin Sullivan. Tell me about you know what led to this and you know what you saw in Kevin Sullivan and what he saw in you. Yeah, I've been watching wrestling for a very long time. Huge yeah. fan of the sport uh, since I you know since I can remember. And Kevin Sullivan was one of those guys that he just had something. He knew what it took to level up, to use your phrase. He knew what it took to get the job done. He's a very intelligent guy. Uh, and he's another one that's positioned himself to be where he needs to be, mm-hmm. to be in charge of uh, of some of the, the, the most creative ideas in the world of professional wrestling. And when I have the opportunity to talk with a man like that and pick his brain uh, and then enlist his services, like, of course, we're going to take advantage of that. And what does he see in us? Like, just like you see, just like the Defiance sees every time they watch Defy or they watch any of the other programs that we're on, you see that that trajectory, that, you know, that level up, that, you know, next level performance. Of course, he's going to, you know, hitches uh hitches ride to us and yeah. you know there's nothing against that like it's a symbiotic relationship like yep. i talked about he's going to use us to our his advantage and we're going to use him to our advantage and it, it works great it's been phenomenal you uh as as of the recording of this podcast you and eddie pearl are tag team champs once again two times two time tag team champions here in defy what's that feel like man to be a, po- a top of the mountain again honestly it feels great and i know there's a lot of people out there that complain about it and uh the thing is we don't thrive on public opinion uh, mm-hmm. we thrive on belts we thrive on money we thrive on winning uh and i gotta tell you there's not a better feeling in the world than being the very best tag team out there. And I challenge anyone that says we're not, I challenge you to prove me wrong. Because we've got the belts to prove it. Yeah. So 
you know, in the pandemic, um, and you really thrived with not just what you're doing in Defy, but coming out of it, you're also a trainer at a school. So you're training the the next most hated people in wrestling. So what kind of what kind of evil shit are you teaching these kids, man? <laughs> I don't know if uh, if the next level of evil is there. Like we train people to be professional wrestlers. We train people to take advantage of any situation they can. Uh, really, honestly, we train people uh, to be the very best possible. We train we train champions. It all started because Eddie and I needed a place to work out. We needed to get in the ring. There is no substitution for being in the ring. You can lift weights all you want. You can go running all you want. Uh, you can you can uh, throw around each other on mats all you want. There is no substitution for being in the ring, and that's where it all started. Uh, and you know, we had a little bit of, of coin yep. uh, from wrestling around the world, and we we found a school. We bought a ring. Uh, sorry, we found a building. We bought a ring. We made a school because we wanted a place uh, to train. And we posted a thing saying, like, hey, if you want to train with the very best, come join us. Uh, and to this day, we've had over 30 students. Wow. Nine of them have, have made a debut. Actually, it's more like 12 of them have made a debut now uh, somewhere around, including Defy, including some of the other great promotions around the West Coast uh, all the way through. I mean, honestly, we have a, a referee student that's been all over the United States refing. Yeah. Um, and so, no, it's not about training people to be evil. We're training people to be athletes. We're training people to be professionals. Um, it's been phenomenal. It's been very rewarding for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gives me something to do do during the week it keeps me busy keeps me in shape uh and keeps eddie and i champions speaking of staying in shape you know he's not here right now but eddie pearl has come through a, a, a epic transformation yeah. like he is in tip top shape right now was that all about diet and exercise i mean was that basically it diet exercise getting in the ring like i said there's no substitution for being in the ring you can lift sure. weights you can run all you want uh, but when you get in there and you you get up and down you get slammed around you build up a tolerance for the pain like you're fighting for your life in there, yep. and and when you do that four days a week, and you eat right, and you train right, yeah, of course you're gonna you're gonna have a great body, you're gonna have a great transformation, and I think it's phenomenal of him. You know, everyone has their own direction and what they want to do and what their ideal body is, and he's found what his ideal body is. And yeah. I think it's great. Tell me about Levi. Where'd you guys yeah. find Levi? You know, Levi uh, Levi Cooper is a really good friend of ours. Uh, he actually grew up in the town that I live in now. Wow. Uh, Levi, fresh off of his uh, his absence from the big company, hit me up and said, hey, I want a place to get in the ring. Just like Eddie and I, we want a place to train. Hit me up, and I didn't know him before this. And uh, we got to talking down at the, the school, Oregon Pro Wrestling School, and, uh, man, we all hit it off. Uh, and you know, we travel the roads together now. We, we chat all the time. Uh, you talk about another guy that has just the the hunger for being the very best and and the no bullshit. I don't care what what people or think of me. Like I'm here to be a champion. I'm here to win matches. Uh, and Levi has that attitude that Eddie and I have, and and we highly respect it. Nice. Okay. Well, going back, you know, we did do a Zoom interview um, back in the kind of prehistoric days of the Defiant Podcast, back when everything was locked down. So, but just to, to go over a couple questions. Um, when uh, when did you start, you know, getting the idea that you could wrestle? You could become, were you wrestling in high school? Were you a collegiate wrestler? Or? Yeah, I mean, growing up, I did just about every sport imaginable. Uh, in sixth grade, I had uh, my, my science teacher in sixth grade was also the wrestling coach for uh, some local uh, community wrestling center. Um, and man, I jumped on it because nice. uh, I knew that wrestling was, was the avenue that I wanted to pursue. Um, and I came out of there, you know, obviously sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, all the way through my, my, uh, sophomore year in high school, I was 
I was on the wrestling team. Um, turns out when I started training to be a professional wrestler, my amateur wrestling coach wasn't a huge fan and you know, we, we went our different ways, sure. but, uh, man, I was I've wrestling since sixth grade. I had that, that, that passion in my blood for it. I knew exactly what I wanted to do. And I knew that this was something I could achieve. So if you watch the midnight heat match, you know, you guys are obviously steeped in the history of like Memphis wrestling and you know, the, the old school. So who were your influences growing up? You know, if you, if you watch one person and steal from them as plagiarism, you watch 50 people and steal from them. It's research. And that's exactly what we do. Uh, we are students of the game. We watch any tag team that has been successful in our sport, we've watched them. We've watched every five-star rated match. We've watched every tag match that you could possibly find on, on YouTube or Daily Motion or the network, like whatever it is, because we want to be the very best. And you can watch, like go back three years and watch our style. Yeah. It's way different than now because we've learned along the way. Like you can't stay stagnant. You can't study one team. You can't say, oh, the Rock and Roll Express is my favorite team of all time and just try to do all of the, the maneuvers that they do uh, because eventually people know how to counter that stuff. So when you can steal little bits and pieces uh, of, of offense or defense from anyone, you can absolutely believe it. So, you know, the Dirty White Boys are phenomenal. The Midnight Express, the Rock and Roll Express, the Fantastics, the Fabulous Ones, uh, the Brain Busters. The, I mean, it goes on and on and on. And um, like I said, I don't think there's a team that we haven't gotten some bit of knowledge from. And you better believe that we're going to use every bit of it we can. Go back 30 years, I think Jim Cornette would have been with these guys, but who never know. Uh, so where did you train, personally? Uh, I've trained all over. Uh, like I said before, if you, if you, if you t- learn from one person or if you study one person, uh, it's plagiarism. I don't believe in learning from only one person. Sure. Uh, Tito Carrion was my trainer uh, in Hillsborough, Oregon. Um, and while I was there, even though he ran the school, um, and if you're not familiar, he wrestled for the WWWF uh, way back when. Um, phenomenal athlete. Uh, but he was 70 years old when I got there, yep. and and though he could get in there and teach us some some crazy stuff, I learned from a lot of the local guys around the area, um, and I had a great opportunity to get in with a bunch of different guys, and um, and then I, you never stop learning. So when Tito's closed down, I was able to move to another school down south. Uh, we drove all over the West Coast to find different schools. We took seminars uh, because the, there's no such thing as is the an end game. There's no graduation. Like I, I hate when I hear yeah. I graduated from the school. No, you didn't. You went there. You trained. Great. You learned a lot of stuff, but you don't stop learning. Um, and that's why we are where we are. And that's why those people that graduated are where they are. Okay. So, you know, fast forward, you know, so many years, you guys are on top of the game here at Defy. I've interviewed you several times backstage after these brawls. And it is no, you know, it is no secret that you hate these brawls. You hate these, you know, hardcore matches. Why do you hate, you know, hardcore wrestling and, and like the brawls and more... You know, extreme styles. I've already told you that I'm a I'm an athlete. I grew up with amateur wrestling, collegiate wrestling. I grew up with professional wrestling. I didn't grow up with this backyard mud show garbage. I grew up wanting to be the very best in the ring. And I'll fight like the best of them, but that's not what we're here for. We're here to follow the rules. We're here to to stay in the ring. We're here as a tag team to tag in and out. We're not here to just do whatever, hit each other with garbage cans. And uh, I got hit with a cookie sheet that I swear to God was probably fresh out of the oven. It felt so hot. Uh, Thumbtacks, ladders. Like, I don't mind... Proving that we're the very best tag team in the world, but we can do that without all of that. 
I'll do what it takes to prove that we are the best. I'll do what it takes. We will do what it takes to, to hold on to those titles and whatever match that anyone puts us in. But I'm telling you, if you want to prove that you're the best tag team in the world, you do it within the confines of a tag match and tag rules. You guys got a love-hate relationship with the Defiance. Uh, they respect you, but you're well, very well hated here in Defy. But there is a respect for your talent and everything. And what would you like to say to the Defy? To the, the Defiance, rather. Defiance. What would I say to the Defiance? We don't thrive on public opinion because the Defiance doesn't sign our paycheck. What I would say to the Defiance is thank you for supporting the company that pays us. But they don't pay us. I don't care what they think. I don't care if they boo or if they cheer or if they throw streamers or if they throw streamers at us. What matters is that we go out there, we prove that we're the best, and as long as we keep doing that, Defy is still going to pay us to be here. So whether they like us or not, we don't really care. Two-time tag team champions, what's next? Where do you even go from there? You know, it's one thing to win the titles. It's one thing to prove that you're the best, but you can't say that you're the very best if you don't hold on to them. You know, mm-hmm. everyone wants to be at the top. So when you're down here, you got a hundred different people to wrestle and we'll, we'll beat all of them. When you're at the very top, you've got these best tag teams. They're so close. They're so hungry. They want to fight their way and they'll do anything that it takes to get there. But we got to stay there. We're not like there's no going back now. There's no backpedaling. There's no falling down the mountain. There's no falling off the ladder. None of those cliches. We want to be the very best. We've already proven that we're the longest reigning Defy Tag Team Champions of all time. Mm -hmm. Now we're here to do it twice. We got to hold on to those titles longer than the first time uh, to one up ourselves because that's what we do. We prove ourselves. We prove better than ourselves last year. Ricky, uh, we're we're about done here, but you've you know got scars i'm sure to tell the story even if it's not wrestling related pick a scar on your body show us if you can and at least tell us the story of how you got the scar uh you know i have i have two on my head that are are very noted well one's pretty noticeable i have one about right here i don't know if you can see that it's it's been many years uh two guys that trained me uh, two guys that got me to uh, to be a professional wrestler, the Blanchard brothers, Jeremy and Bubba Blanchard. Uh, we go way back, love hate relationship, um, and they uh, beat me within an inch of my life with barbed wire. Wow. Uh, Bubba had nine strands of barbed wire taped together, but they were all loose strands, and he whipped me with it. And I, the scars on my back are pretty much healed. But he got me right in the forehead, and it sliced me open. Um, and so much blood was dripping out of my head um, that it felt like someone had a faucet turned on just <sighs> um, from a, a loose strand of barbed wire that, that cut me. Um, that hurt a lot. That took a while to heal. Uh, but the freshest is this one right here on the top of my head, and that's a chair from War Beast. And if we ever get a chance to get back in there with War Beast, we're we're gonna uh, return the favor, if you will. So yeah, I don't know if you saw it. That's right there. I don't forget it. It's very fresh on the top of my head, and I plan to get even. War beasts are coming for you. Well, anyways, Defy, thank you so much to the Defiant Ones for for hosting this interview. I, like I said, I never thought I'd get one on one with Ricky Gibson. But what's next, man? What, got any final words? Uh, 
No, I've I've got no final words. Like you, you can follow me on social media. You know where to find me each and every month here at Defy, defending our titles successfully. Thank you very much. Right back to-